0: And welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we reach back into your childhood, pick out a movie, give it a rewatch and have a chat about it. I'm Emily Slade and welcome back. You watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? Th- what what? this what Why? Why this, this film? film? And I'm joined today by Carl. Hello! Hello! Hello and welcome! Exciting stuff. Your chosen movie is A Shot in the Dark, 1964. The IMDb Breakdown. Inspector Jacques Clouseau investigates the murder of Mr. Benjamin Ballon's driver at a country estate. Why this film?
1: Well, I I kind of thought it would be interesting for a few reasons because I didn't remember it very well but I definitely remembered watching it and enjoying it Mm. um as a child and also I thought it was kind of interesting that it was a comedy from the 60s that I remembered (laughs) liking as a kid because I think most children are sort of like don't like anything that was made prior to when they were born yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: it's
1: like uh, old stuff especially if it's black and white or it looks old
0: yeah so I was sort of interested
1: to see what I saw in it as as a child really
0: Mm. did you find I, that out
1: <laughs> well I think what I've realized is, so I didn't remember it very well there are bits of this that I remembered but I think what I've done is mixed up this with some of the ones from the 70s in in my oh. head because I must have watched them around the same time yeah um because it's quite interesting that he did so this is like the second in the series yeah and the first one Inspector Clouseau, actually isn't in it that much um, oh. It's more of like, it's about like David Niven's This Diamond Thief. Right. And they kind of like saw that Clouseau was the popular element and then gave him this film. And then it wasn't until 10 years later that he returned, that Pete Sellers returned to to make another Pink Panther film.
0: It's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's a really odd series. There's been several different people play Clouseau and it's sort of, it is really odd. I think there's been 12 Panther films in total whoa uh, only six of them have had peter Sellers in them okay yeah so they, yeah
0: of- it it feels a little bit sort of um i usually really dislike that when they're like hey jack sparrow's popular let's make him the main character now and you're like oh look at that your movie sucks and that feels sort of what they did here they were like let's take the really popular side character that in theory works because they are a side character, not the main focal point, and make them the focal point. Um, interesting that this one also has nothing to do with the Pink Panther title, whereas I think the others go back to it and it's sort of like, would you call it the Pink Panther franchise or the Inspector Clouseau yes, franchise?
1: Well, that's the that's another way. The whole thing is really confusing because, yeah, it is referred to as the Pink Panther um series but like say this one hasn't it's the only one i think that hasn't got oh no it's one of the only ones that hasn't got pink panther in the title um like say it hasn't got the diamond in it which is what the pink panther is and also it's the only one that hasn't got the animated pink panther character in the title sequence as well yeah
0: i was really looking forward to seeing that and then uh, there was a really good animated title sequence but it had no it didn't have the the, the pink panther that i think i got once in a burger king kids meal Oh, was
1: it was it rubbery and you could kind of pose it yeah
0: i had the same one ah! <laughs> so crazy to think that you know we're talking about a movie that came out in 1964 mm. um, and yet us in the 90s had a, a burger king toy of that same and is it because steve steve martin resurrected it as well in the early 2000s didn't he
1: yeah well he yeah he did too i didn't actually mm. know the second one that he had done um existed but yeah he did one in 2006 which I remember seeing and it was sort of like better than you'd expect but sort of okay but financially it did it did really well oh wow uh and then the second one was 2009 and it was a huge flop yeah it's interesting
0: the gamble that they took and it's it it you know we we think of the cinema now and everyone constantly complains about rightly so how it's like prequels sequels and remakes um and you know we're talking 2009 maybe a bit before that they were bringing back a character from the 60s and it it was very successful so already the cogs of hollywood were turning of like oh wow well, people like shit they already know so let's just keep doing that forever mm. and ever and well ever. They, they had forever.
1: done there was one in 1993 there was a pink panther oh film. there was son of the pink panther <laughs> um who so I uh, forget the character's name from this one you know Inspector Clouseau's sort of love interest who's accused yeah. of a murder mm-hmm. uh what was she
0: called?
1: uh Maria uh, Gambrelli that's the one yeah yeah yeah. so she um does appear later in the series but yeah they imply that that he had a child with her and then by 1993 he's joined the police force and now he's the, the sort of pink panther character yeah so they've tried resurrecting it a few times and there was plans at one point to do a uh animation live action hybrid where Cluso would interact with the animated Pink Panther character for the first time in the right hands
0: that would be amazing in the wrong hands it would be Space Jam new legacy
1: well yeah that's exactly what I was thinking well they did have uh, David Silverman was attached to it who is like one of the main guys on the Simpsons in oh, the early cool. days,
0: oh, the good but now, days.
1: I, well, he he's not attached now. I I forget oh. who the new director is. So yeah, I'm I doubt that'll ever come out.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one to push. I mean, now would be the time with our detective Pikachu's and our sort of renaissance of Space Jam and, and that that hybrid.
1: Oh. Yeah, and Sonic as well. I guess um, yeah, Sonic. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you're right. There's there is a whole load of those. Well, I suppose we had those before with the the live action Garfield. And
0: oh, I think Marmaduke,
1: remember that it's Alvin in the Chipmunks?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's weird though, isn't it? It's like it's like not quite the same. I don't know how
1: oh. Scooby Doo, I mean, that... that's
0: another one. Scooby Doo 2002 is one of the best movies ever made, and I think I didn't class it in this category because Scooby Doo is an actor in that movie. <laughs>
1: so oh, good. I see, okay,
0: <laughs> it's so good it's so good it's so good I I mean I'm a big old fan of that live action Scooby-Doo movie like so
1: here's a here's a question for you if they did do this live action animated um Pink Panther film who would you cast as Clouseau?
0: I mean it'd have to be a woman this time around wouldn't oh, it oh do you think oh, okay Interesting. yeah you know already my Hollywood brain was like make it a woman um, because it's because I was gonna ask you just to tie into this question is the success of Inspector Clouseau from Peter Seller's performance, but then arguably not if six out of 12 movies don't even involve him. And I imagine Steve Martin was a very good stand-in. Um, but then it's the question of, you know, do you get somebody French or 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 at least European? Um because I can't think of a comedic male actor off the top of my head well, that is goofy enough.
1: I don't know. Well, my only thought on who would play it now would be someone like Sacha Brown Cohen, but I don't think he would ever, he wouldn't do it.
0: It's almost too obvious. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like he's yeah. already sort of done it. He, he sort of plays Inspector Clouseau in Hugo. Um, oh,
1: yes. Yeah, <laughs> you're
0: right. Um, he really
1: does. <clears throat>
0: so, yeah, but, but you're right. That's I think
1: um, what you're saying about was it Peter Sellers who sort of made the character I know you're saying Steve Martin kind of made it work but that was like like I say the second one was a big flop and then Mm. they kind of put that to bed but what they did was so after this so Shot in the Dark was only a year after the Pink Panther they really Mm. rushed it into production Um, and it was so rushed that they didn't even write a proper script for it they adapted a, a stage play
0: yeah so interesting i read up all about that and um i did actually like some of the changes they made from the stage show
1: yeah i think actually uh, from what i was reading the stage play wasn't necessarily that great and peter sellers had a, a problem with some of it and like you say kind of made improvements and obviously inserted Clouseau in there and everything yeah um but straight after that uh Sellers didn't want to do anymore, And the director, I think, it was Blake Edwards. He didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. I think he fell out with Pete Sellers. He was quite... Um, Sellers was sort of a difficult character. Yeah,
0: he sounded quite um, frustrating to work with.
1: Yeah he, yeah, he wasn't the nicest. I think troubled is the phrase that you see, like yeah. the diplomatic <laughs> phrase that you see kind of um, a lot. He was troubled. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the studio obviously wanted to do more because it was successful. Mm. So in 68, they did... One called just called Inspector Clouseau with uh, Alan Arkin playing the role, yeah. Uh, And that was a huge flop and it was terrible. Oh, Uh, different director, um, different composer, so it didn't have the famous like Pink Panther music. I know it wasn't in this one, but it's in all all the others, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I think it probably was down to sellers because then later on, they did, after he died, they did Trail of the Pink Panther, which he's sort of him but it's made up of it's cobbled together from deleted mm. scenes yeah and then they did two more they did curse of the pink panther which had an american detective who oh, was like kind of it was like oh he's filling Clouseau's mm. position and mm. uh, didn't really work and then no. some of the pink panther that i mentioned didn't really yeah. work so yeah all of the successful ones really apart from the first steve martin one have been mm. with Pete Sellison's.
0: yeah and this is the thing, I think it, I think it's one of those things that it's so intrinsically tied together. Like people think of Inspector Clusier, they probably immediately think of Goonies alumni, Peter Sellers. Um,
1: oh, the, oh, the much... Goon show.
0: Yeah, the Goon. Did I say the Goonies?
1: The Goonies. <laughs> Goonies never
0: say die. Oh, who's that? It's pretty old to be hanging around with us.
1: But I think um, he was dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, long, long dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the goon show, which I went back and listened to a, a bit of because my mm. only uh, experience of it had been at my granddad's funeral where we played oh, really? the, was it the Wong Tong song or something? okay. we We played a song and it was um hilarious
1: <laughs> as right. funerals
0: should be. Um and that was my only experience of it. And so I was like, oh, like gradually, as I've grown up, I, I like knew of the goon show. Mm. and then you grow up and you like finally sort of realize who spike milligan is and then you're like oh and he was one of the goons and now i'm doing it with peter sellers where i'm like oh okay like filling in the shadow of the silhouettes of the the people behind the show and i'm like oh now i know who that is and i know that they're related that blah 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 mm. blah. um but yeah yeah i feel much like basil Fawlty is john cleese it feels a bit sort of like inspector cluso is peter sellers and it's a classic sort of comedy trope it feels you know very based in commedia dell'arte. The the character itself so I could see why it's successful and I was interested to see how well the comedy stood up from the 60s um and it does I think a lot of it because it's Some sort of, of it. silly silly is often timeless um but yeah we'll uh we'll have a Uh, What did
1: you honestly think of? Did you, did you, did you find it funny or?
0: Yeah, I found it. um, I found it funny. I, I, not particularly memorable. Glad I watched it. Don't think I ever need to see it again. And anything that I really had a, I don't think it was as sort of, I mean, let me check my notes just before we sat down, my mum went, um, oh yeah, I forgot this is racist. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, well, I guess we'll watch out for that then. And then I watched it and I was like, well, what part of that was racist? And she was like, oh, well, I I suddenly remembered his assistant.
1: And I was like, "Oh yeah, just because so.
0: someone's not white doesn't make <laughs> it racist. And I think she just misremembered the treatment of it because I thought that character was very funny and very well written and whilst they didn't have much to do what they did do was consistently strong i felt um so I, I really liked that character and everything that they did um i was worried that it would become typical fawning woman of like i am a
1: woman yeah you a, man. Was it a little bit of that but um, not really
0: and then when no. you go back to the original play and um the whole idea is that this woman was having affairs with lots of people within the household and that's why some of the murders started to happen even though spoiler alert she never actually committed any of the crimes um and in the play it says how it's because she used to do the cleaning with no underwear on and then when she bent down to dust something that's how the affairs would begin and i was like that's shit Mm. (laughs) like i hate that um and i was really worried that it that was going to appear in this movie but it didn't it was just that it's like and because it's the 60s it felt quite liberated where it's like yeah everyone was having affairs
1: some people and died and we got like the uh the old nudist uh, camp i wonder if that was um quite controversial uh, yeah. at the time yeah
0: yeah i thought i wondered that um very funny and the sort of comedy arising from the uncomfortableness of Inspector Clouse so yeah it's it's a little bit cringe comedy isn't it where it's like the comedy is deriving from his reactions to things Mm -hmm. and sometimes you're like (laughs) I know it defeats the point of the movie but sometimes you're just like just fucking do your job man (laughs) like come on
1: I wonder if you know, um, you know the thing where he's in the nudist camp and like everybody's nudity sort of creatively covered up with uh... very
0: creatively covered up. But I
1: feel like we've seen that a million times before. But I'm wondering whether this is like one of the first things to do that. Yeah,
0: if this was the sort of originator of it, yeah, it feels very old now. I mean, you even Mm. see it in like, I mean, there's a sort of play on it in Zootopia, but yeah, similar stuff.
1: same with yeah. the um the suddenly cutting to the the police van every time he got caught and that that feels like oh, I've seen that so many yeah. times and so many different things
0: yeah completely agree a lot of a lot of stuff where yeah I'd be interested to know if it was just doing a trope of the time that is just now a cinematic trope or whether it, it invented it mm. and um, you could sort of see it coming a long way off a lot of the time and it didn't quite reach tiresome because they were they were able to be a little bit inventive each time. But it it did sort of feel like I was watching an A-level drama comedy piece sometimes. And I was like, yes, yes. You thought long and hard about that, didn't you? Mm. We?
1: But I guess at, at the time, maybe, it was, you know, it we're so used to like
0: fresh. Yeah.
1: You know, think how much comedies change where everything's like naturalistic mm. now. and um... Definitely. Yeah. And um, before I forget, it was interesting. You were mentioning about your, your mum was saying that, it, that she thought it was going to be racist. Yeah. And I wonder whether she's done the same as me and mixed it up with some of the latest ones, because, you know, how in this he has his uh, disguises and they're sort of they're not that outlandish. And I think he only has two or three. Yeah, um, I remember in the later ones, a lot of his disguises are like racial stereotypes, where oh, he's God. like Chinese people and like mm-hmm. uh, Italian sort of mafia bosses, and it was all that yeah. kind of thing. So maybe she's remembering that rather than yeah, uh, could have T- been
0: yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And and also just um, looking through Peter Sellers' um, sort of IMDb page, yeah, he's in a lot of stuff where he is dressed. Terribly, uh, race, racistly, uh, for characters in other movies. So again, it might have just been like the assumption that oh, it's the '60s, it's a comedy, it's got Peter Sellers in it. He's probably going to be one of the many, you know, sort of faces that I've seen him in other movies. But he actually wasn't. And um, we went to a lot of. There was a lovely sort of um, trio of scenes that I quite enjoyed where they were off on dates to different places and the places they would go to would be themed and it felt okay because it looked like they were getting actors from those cultures to just portray different cultures for different themed sort of bars Um, and it was just interesting to sort of you know go to the Russian place where everybody has vodka and then to go to the sort of um hawaiian themed place where there's sort of grass skirt dancing and all of these things mm. whilst um he was trying to be assassinated and other people get kept getting in the way and being killed which that, that's another really one fun. of those
1: jokes that i feel like now that's been done so many times They're like bending mm. down as someone's <laughs> yeah. shot and it goes into something else and yeah yeah but then maybe this was the first time that have been done i don't I don't know could,
0: could be and to <clears throat> think if this was a play does does that happen in the play or is that something in it? Because it feels like a very visual, filmic gag. Yeah. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the sort of harmless, flippant attitude towards murder that this yes. murder mystery had.
1: <laughs> yeah, there so many deaths in this.
0: That mm. um, no one really cares about either. And and what's fun against spoilers is that the person trying to kill Clouseau is his literal boss. The, like, police captain is now the biggest criminal oh, in the movie. Yes. And, like, um, nothing's done about it.
1: Uh, Dreyfus, Commissioner Dreyfus.
0: He is such a great character. He was really fun inclusion to be the very straight man to Clouseau's ridiculousness. But whilst able to have ridiculousness himself, like, he was playing with, like, a letter opener or something, and then he just oh, yeah. freezes, and he's like... I've cut my thumb off. And then it just cuts to another scene and you're like,
1: what? well, he, he comes back, I think in all of the other Peter Sellers ones. Nice.
0: Um,
1: and I think in one of them, he's the, the villain. Like he oh. goes completely mad and he's trying to.
0: Unsurprisingly, wouldn't you, yeah. if you worked with fucking Inspector so Like there were literally times where I was like, good God, this man is insufferable. Like, mm. like it's actually annoying now. Like why? And and the thing is though, the movie knew that the movie puts him on the job and then immediately takes him off the job and then puts him back on the job again for reasons that literally work well within the plot. And I was like, you know what, movie? Well played, because much like how Johnny English had to have all of the other secret agents blow up, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: there needs to be a reason as to why we're even letting you do this in the first place.
1: I think um, they do the same in the Steve Martin one. It's almost the same. Nice. He's not, or they think he's not going to solve the case or what mm. have you um but yeah in, you know in some ways i kind of wish that we'd done the return of the pink Panther, which is the first of the 70s ones oh, okay because um, that that one uh is sort of way more cartoony and wacky mm. and it's probably got it's probably funnier even if it's maybe not a better film and it's sort of a bit more fast-paced and like this i think it was kind of um It's a long time before there's like the first bit of comedy, that opening sequence, that long shot where you just see everyone in the the shadows, so long.
0: And interesting because I was watching it and you're sort of, it's very sort of rear window. It's very voyeuristic. Mm, You're watching the the ins and outs of this household (laughs) and all of the different characters at play. And I was watching it and I was like, cool, 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 cool. a fun a fun little mystery. I've got some tidbits of information and then we'll try and work it out from here. And then you get to the end and you realize that actually, no, they opened the movie showing you exactly what happened and who killed who and when. And then we have the movie. So then the reveal is like two minutes at the end where it's like, mm. yeah, everything you saw was what happened. There was no like... Because I thought we were going to come back and see it from different points of view because at one point someone's like hidden behind a door when a gun goes off. So you're like, we're meant to think it was her, but it was actually somebody else and all of these things. But you're like, no, no, what you saw happened. And I was like, why the fuck? It'd be like Knives Out opening, showing you the murder, like how it happened and then doing the movie. And you're just there with Daniel Craig like, well, I know they showed me what happened this isn't fun like you showed me what happened it was a really odd choice
1: well, and I don't know
0: if it's you're <clears throat> meant to think that she did do it because you didn't quite see it happen properly but
1: you do see I what I what don't happens. think the kind of like mm, that element of the plot really matters too much because the film's more concerned yeah. with having clues so kind of you know just do buffoonish things whilst trying to Mm -hmm. solve the case rather than the actual mystery. But it's interesting to say that because I'm quite a big fan of Columbo. I know a lot of people think it's like (laughs) a, you know, something your grand watches in the day. But uh, every episode of that opens with showing you who the murderer is and how they did it and everything. And then the rest of the episode, it's more about how is Columbo going to catch them out? You're not privy to like his train Mm. of thought Ah, and you sort of see the murderer trying to cover their tracks because, of course, you know who they they are. So there's no point the the you know director sort of covering up. Yeah. you know who did it. So you, you can kind of do that and make it um, fun. Still, I can't remember what they call it. It's it's not like a, it's like a how done it rather than a who done it or something <laughs> like that.
0: That's cool. It's an interesting yeah. premise. That's really interesting. I didn't know that about Columbo. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I was bringing my modern. Think You know, Thinking Knives Out was some sort of semi-homage to movies like this. Um, or, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Clue, which oh, is thought yes. yeah, yeah. of similar, but a lot more, perhaps what the other ones are like, it's a lot more wacky and out there and um, ridiculous, whereas this felt quite tame in both sort of comedy and murder and... <laughs> Um, Mystery and
1: um... well, I guess with it being like ten years until Sellers did it again, Mm. um, because he like really his career was sort of on on the wane when he when he started doing it, and he sort of did it because he had to really. Mm. Um, But yeah, with ten years moving on, I guess it's like middle of the seventies; everything's moved on, and you need to sort of step it up in terms of like how fast paced it was and how cartoony and everything like that. Um, so I'm trying to, th- I'm not sure sh- what like big comedy films were out in the sort of mid seventies. Uh, Cause Ooh. stuff like airplane wasn't until 1979, I want to say. Um, but yeah, it, it, you see what I'm saying that they sort of, everything yeah. moved on a bit.
0: It was sort of, um, I've just Googled it. It's like, um, um, God, I was going to say Mel Gibson, all the Mel Brooks stuff. So blazing saddles, young Frankenstein, um, Monty Python's mm-hmm. Life of Brian, that sort of stuff was coming out. Sorry, Holy Grail. Oh uh,
1: yes, did you, Sorry, good. did you say Blazing Blazing Saddles?
0: Yeah, Blazing Saddles. Ah, seventy-four. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is so a,
1: little, was, bit a um, uh, little bit of a um, a little bit of a non sequitur But the Blazing Saddles. Um, I learned recently that um, so that that was a massive success, and the studio mm. kind of said to Mel Brooks, um that they wanted to do a sequel and there was some kind of complicated thing where he really didn't want to do it yeah um but they kind of had the rights to the franchise so they could just get someone else to do it and he didn't want that either
0: yeah
1: so what he did was he got his lawyer to write in the small print of the contract um something about like if the studio doesn't use the rights within a certain amount of time Uh uh-huh uh, he then gets the full rights to the film and can choose to not make another sequel and there's nothing they can do about it. Right. So a few years later, they come to him and say, right, are you ready to do that, that sequel? And he's like, ah, no, because in the small print, it said if you don't do anything with, within two years, um, we, we, you can't get me to do it. And I've got the full rights to the film. And they took him to the Fox lot, I think it was. I think it was Fox who made it. And they showed him episodes of a Blazing Saddles TV show that they'd been making constantly for the last few years purely to keep up their side of the contract. And it hadn't been going out on TV.
0: That's so slimy. That's
1: insane. So there's somewhere in a vault, there's, there's several seasons of this terrible Blazing Saddles TV show. Only one episode's ever been seen. It's a, the pilot is a DVD extra. And the rest of it is still like... Because they didn't, they didn't make it to be good or to be shown on TV. They no. purely made it to f- fulfill the contract.
0: Oh my god! How
1: crazy is that?
0: That's so. That's so mean. That's so Hollywood. But
1: think of all the people working on that, all the actors who are like starring yeah. in that for several years, but getting nothing out of it because it's not yeah, new, apart from being paid.
0: Not going anywhere. God. I don't they never did make a blazing saddles 2 right I've never No
1: no no it it never got made in the end there. but they they did that to give themselves the they option just, to oh, make can it can you
0: imagine can you imagine if they did that now like well they just make movies now don't they that's why we have like the Spider-Men and the Fantastic Four Yeah well,
1: do, well the uh, Andrew the Garfield Spider-Man that's the reason they were made because the yeah. the rights were going to elapse and I think it's called uh it's called an ashcan copy where you make something purely to retain the rights to it, God, because um, there's one for the like Hobbit as well.
0: Everyone would just see your movie as that. They would just be like, "Oh, well, you're the you're <clears throat> the copy keeping, copyright keeping yeah. version, aren't you? Like, you're not good."
1: Well, they like, tend to they tend to sort of bury it because um, I know that. So there's a f- series of fantasy novels called The Wheel of Time, and I forget. Which some TV, I can't remember if it was AMC or something, bought the rights to it. Um, but then they haven't done anything with it and it was going to elapse. So they made like a really shitty 10-minute short that was technically based on it that they put out at midnight on like FX, the sort of um, yeah. this Fox channel, um, j- purely just to retain the rights. And there's, there's loads of examples of that It's quite interesting, all these like crappy short things that they made there was an animated hobbit that was purely made for that reason uh trying to remember i remember looking up all of these oh there was a a fantastic four one as well nice a roger corman fantastic Four. um i don't think it's ever been released but you can see some like stills of it
0: crazy it's such a weird like good for mel brooks for sticking that in but didn't work, mate. Clearly, I
1: know it's so, so strange. Uh, but um, I guess they kind of I, maybe wasn't to retain the rights, but they kind of did that with the Pink Panther trying to keep the series yeah. going and um,
0: get that yummy mummy money.
1: Yeah, and like we we're saying, they're still sort of planning on. And I suppose the whole Pink Panther cartoon series um, had a whole yeah. life of its own and yeah. well,
0: it's um, hot property. Um, and I, I, you know, everyone's sort of heard of it and I'm sure there's a quote that, that is in the top 100 quotes of all time. At least the music is like, everybody knows the music, even if you're not entirely sure where it comes from.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. Um,
0: but no, this was a funny one. So because I, um, I used to watch a lot of the old fashioned, you know, uh, definitely a lot of the old MGM musicals. I was a big fan of when I was like a, like a child, like under Mm. 10, I'd be like, Oh yes, let's watch Easter parade. Um, And I loved things like um, the lady killers and passport to Pimlico and all of these sort of old, um, some like at heart, like those sort of raunchy comedies.
1: So is it, would this be uh, the lady killers with Alec Guinness in it?
0: Yeah, the original, not the remake. (laughs) Also starring Peter Sellers in that one. Yeah, which again, I would not have considered at the time and acknowledged Mm. as a person. Um, But it's funny how they all sort of creep up in the same sort of stuff. Um, And again, Alec Guinness, I would have been watching it not having a clue who he is and what importance he has to sci-fi cinema. Um, But yeah, so I really liked the oldie movies because it was you know a way to bond with my grandma and i just wanted to be that like kind of snobby child that like enjoys (laughs) old things to come across as like cool with adults um which is very anti what you should be as a child you should be rejecting the adult world but i was so um excited to sort of appear interested in it but um so i did enjoy them so so was this one, Did you, like, did you sort of have it recorded off the telly and you watched it a lot on VHS or was it just on so often that you remember watching it a lot? It's, it's
1: yeah, it's funny you say that because my, my memory of it isn't great and I was trying to think about where I would have seen this because it's not, like, nowadays, I don't think you see that many kind of films from the 60s on TV or that much. No, well, I suppose there must be channels for it, but... Um, yeah, I think I probably just saw this on TV, mm. and I think I probably saw the other one, the like the seventies ones, on TV more often. But mm. have kind of mixed them all together in my memory because, like I say, this one I remembered bits. I remembered him like uh, trying to play pool and shuffling up all the pool cues and constantly falling over. Yeah. And... <laughs> Trying to remember what else I didn't remember the nudist camp bit at all. Um,
0: it's favorite for the marketing. You look up marketing for this movie and they're like, We go to a nudist camp, and you're like, Right movie, calm down.
1: It was, yeah, that was that was maybe the, the selling point. The right, ra- I mean, yeah. some of it is a little bit so I guess we'd be we considered kind of racy for the time, um, yeah,
0: for the time. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? When you think nowadays, like, yeah, it's not racy, but um yeah lots of ankles on display and
1: and him ripping his trousers and (laughs) his underwear showing through um I remember that bit that was that was um yeah there's a lot of lot of this sort of set pieces I do remember and um Mm. but yeah i like I say I definitely mixed this up because there was a bit I was waiting for Ah. where he gets into the back of a taxi and says follow that car and the taxi driver kind of nods and then gets out and runs after the car and just leaves him in. The- <laughs> and that, I think, must be from Return of the Pink Panther. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's a few bits I was waiting for that then never happened, like some of his yeah. disguises. So I've just mi- mixed them all up.
0: That's fair. It must be easily done if it's sort of similar premises each time. And the, the, the comedy is just that sort <clears> of silly <throat> comedy like there was no there was nothing that i was really uh, there's nothing i've written down that's like laugh out loud memorable bit there was just some like fun stupid stuff like it like they'd be like um telephone for you inspector cluso and he'd be like that'll be for me
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and yeah. i i said something about I, i suspect both everyone and no one um, and yeah. these weird little kind of nonsensical quite i don't yeah. know some some of it was yeah kind of I know what you mean. It's sort of like, I appreciated it as funny, but wouldn't necessarily be... Uh,
0: yeah, I'm not rolling running around out to it. tell people. And as I say, I really liked, um, what's his name? When he first came onto the screen, especially... Um,
1: oh, Commissioner Kato,
0: Uh No, Cato. Oh, Cato, um,
1: yes. Well, um, uh, Burt Kwok, who played Cato, he went on to... He did a load of stuff with Harry Hill in the 90s. He was in the Harry oh. Hill show. And he was also—he's um, no longer with us now—but he was in the final series of Last of the Summer Wine
0: because
1: <laughs> they tried to like update the cast, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, by having him and I can't remember who else they had in it. But yeah, he was in the the final series of that, so he kept oh, he kept working, kept working after working
0: this. All the way. yeah, nice. It's it's it was it was good. It was it's um it's there's probably conversations to be had about the sensitivity of you know having diverse characters but keeping them in their sort of stereotypical lane as it were. Well i mean um, Clouseau
1: himself is a bit of a is a is a stereotype yeah. the sort of bumbling <laughs> sort of silly sexed up frenchman.
0: Yeah very true. Um very sort of carry on that you don't really get these days. Um but yeah um, well you
1: say that but it, that's that's Mrs Brown's boys is basically just that.
0: I don't think i've ever seen An episode of that i can can imagine that yes it would be um (laughs) nation's favorite show isn't it
1: probably Mm. um yeah but yeah i mean is there that much of a difference between this and like not going out you know the lee mack thing
0: yeah you're right um i guess not
1: i guess mr bean is is very similar to this in a way
0: yeah. I guess it all has its roots in the same stuff, doesn't it? I've, again, I've mm. never really seen Mr. Bean. I think Have that makes not? me a oh, bad wow. English person, but yeah, no, I, I think my parents didn't like it, Right. so it was just never on, so I watched all of Faulty Towers over and over again instead. Mm. Uh, never seen Only Fools and Horses either, but saw all of Blackadder.
1: Okay. Like, very
0: picky with the comedy in this household. Um, But yeah, mm. you're right, it's this, it's this similar vibe. It is sort of sitcom silly humor
1: yeah all the physical because I mean
0: goes it goes nowhere
1: he always like you when you watch documentaries about Pete Sellers and so people always talk about how he's like a fantastic physical comedian but there there's like some stuff but he doesn't go totally overboard yeah. and they use stuntmen for like when he's falling out the window and stuff like that it wasn't yeah. him doing that but this one shot in the dark i don't think it was like a, it was a financial success but i'm not sure it was like a huge critical success particularly after doing a stanley kubrick um yeah. film um that i know was a bit, you know a comedy but it had a bit more sort of gravitas than 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 this mm. but yeah interesting
0: yeah very interesting just just very sort of harmless forgettable romp um yeah, not, not really iconic in any way.
1: I um, think the carrot. The, it's odd because, like, the character is iconic. When you say Peter Sellers, yeah, it's like, you instantly and think of do- this. Inspector
0: Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau. And and this seemed, uh I read that this was the first time that they really exaggerated the French accent. As you said, he's become the main character, so it's a very important movie for the franchise. But the movie itself is is quite just sort of like.
1: Uh, It's It's one of the I can't think of another like series like it where the the franchise itself is iconic, but none of the individual films are Um, Mm. partly because it's like I was saying it's so confused. And like so with the later ones, um, the the Pink Panther Diamond isn't in it, but they're called things like Son of the Pink Panther, Curse of the Pink Panther, Romance of the Pink Panther, but the Pink Panther isn't in it um and then obviously the first one like i say isn't an inspector cluso film and then the second one doesn't the pink panther isn't mentioned at all or seen no. and it doesn't have the music so it's it because it's so kind of confused none of the individual films are like classics but it's just the franchise and the character overall is Has is lasted. is iconic yeah it's sort yeah. of odd like that
0: it's interesting
1: yeah i can't think of any other examples that are like that really. No. We're both all... just trying to think now.
0: Yeah, yeah literally. Because <laughs> all, all franchises I can think of stem from, even if later movies get poorer and poorer, they often stem from at least one really good movie mm. or at least very important movie.
1: Um... Whereas with this one, the, the first one, it's, it's it's pretty good and it's kind mm. of funny, but it's not an out-and-out comedy. But it's so it's not like all the other One's it's not like a typical Pink Panther film, even though that's the that's the first one. So yeah, it, it is mm. kind of odd, like that. this. The shot in the dark is the first one that's like establishes all, all of the um, elements that remain in the franchise for the other um, Peter Sellers ones.
0: Yeah, which is cool considering it's going to be another ten years until that gets off the ground. So they clearly looked back at that and were like, well, they seemed to work. Or at least we enjoyed them, so let's bring them back.
1: Yeah, same been. cast, same director, yeah.
0: and
1: everything like that. But yeah, it was interesting. He sort of like he like say Peter Sellis is remembered as like this brilliant talent, and he was very talented. And I I think that Strange yeah. Love is very good, and he's done some good films. But really, when you like look for his filmography, he he's done more kind of not very good totally forgotten things yeah um particularly towards the end of his career he was considered like totally washed up I mean after the sort of mid mm, I want to say like late 60s maybe mm. um he was considered totally washed up and and he kind of did the return on Pink Panther to revive his uh career and I think he really didn't want to do it he didn't want to do, and uh, that's not so fun again? when the
0: like main character isn't <clears> interested <throat> in their own movie.
1: No, and he was meant to be kind of difficult on set. And I mean, on, on the set of this one, him and Blake Edwards, the director, communicated via written notes and assistants, which must have been, uh, yeah. Oh God,
0: imagine being one of those assistants. You're just like, fucking hell. <laughs>
1: well, I listened to a, a radio interview with his assistant who he had from the... I think it was like mid-70s through to when to, to his death in... I think he died in 1980, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, and she she said it like sometimes it he sounded like he was he was probably um bipolar or, or something like that. Right. Um, but it was never never treated. And he yeah, he Yeah, it sounded like a really difficult character and could be quite kind of abusive and and horrible sometimes, but um. Yeah, not much fun on the set of Pink Panther, which you don't really want to think about when you when you're watching them, I guess.
0: Yeah, when you're trying to watch this like harmless comedy. Yeah. And I imagine it was a a thing back then. You've got all of these men who have probably been drafted into some sort of war, probably with parents who have also been drafted into some sort of war. Um and everybody nobody goes to therapy and everybody just tries to strictly. No, live he, by he their
1: refused side. to um he refused to get psychological help, but he was um Oh, this is quite interesting. He he, he was a, a kind of devotee to, like, these mystics and, um, okay. like, fortune tellers. And yeah. when the studio wanted him to go back and do more Pink Panther films, even though he wasn't keen on it, they paid his fortune teller to tell him that um, someone with the initials B.E. would, would bring, bring him great fortune. <laughs> and then they... After that, they approached him and said, oh, Blake Edwards, the original Pink Panther director, wants to do more Pink Panther films. And he he did it on the strength of his uh, fortune teller telling him that.
0: Oh, my goodness. That fortune teller getting behind his back like that. I mean, that's such a fun story. But I feel really bad for a lot of people involved because it's like, God, this poor man that comes to me. And He
1: he he wasted a ton of money on all of these, like, quacks. And um, he did stuff like... Fired people that he was good friends with off the basis of this kind of, you know, tarot card readings and all sorts of stuff. It's yeah, kind of kind of sad. He he died yeah. quite a lonely um guy, really.
0: Yeah, quite um sort of ill and broken by the end.
1: So. Yeah, and he's what he was estranged from his from his fourth wife at that point. Yeah. Um, and died. On his own. He was um uh, engaged to Liza Minnelli at one point. Away, no yeah, fun. Mm. yeah. So inter- interesting guy, but not, yeah, not the nicest of people. Apparently, kind of like I say, difficult and troubled is the,
0: yeah, the terms
1: that you hear all the time about him.
0: Yeah, definitely, but um, but seemingly an icon mm. in British comedy.
1: Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I guess you kind of remember people by. The best stuff that that like at the time, if you're around in the late '70s, you'd probably be thinking uh of Peter Sellers as like a totally washed up has been or whatever. Mm. But but now, obviously, that he's been dead for a long time, he's remembered yeah. by the, the the best things that he did.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Which is only really like four or five films, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think people are remembering. Uh, what did I just see? The Dr. Feng Shu or something.
1: Oh, that was his last film. Yeah, The Curse of Fuman Shu. That's where he yeah. Yeah, played a Chinese person. He also had a film. This is quite interesting. The, the only film he directed was in 1961. It was called Mr. Topaz. And he didn't think it was very good. Um, he also later on he had a habit of buying up all of the prints of films that he'd done kind of for the money, but didn't really want to get released. Mm. Um, So there's a load of weird ones that never got a cinema release in America and everything. But anyway, uh, Mr. Topaz, uh, there was at one point only one surviving print of that film.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So it could have been totally lost, um, but it was, fortunately, the BFI had it, and they digitised it fairly late. So you can now get it through the BFI website and on Blu-ray. Oh, but, yeah, nice. at one point, the only way you could see it was that one print that was in the It yeah, That film would be lost forever.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: but uh, interesting. So, so, yeah, I guess that's why we kind of remember. There's all of these. If you go through his filmography, half of them haven't heard of. They're just totally forgotten. Yeah,
0: just completely forgotten, banal comedies. Um... Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything to plug? Um, I guess I could plug.
1: Yeah, I. I if uh, anyone wants to go to my Twitter, I sort of post uh, little comedy shorts there, audio shorts, and I've also got a SoundCloud. Oh, I should have had all this ready. Um, yeah, so SoundCloud.com forward slash Carl with a C hyphen Spurling S P U R L I N G um and you'll see my sound clip. but if you search me you'll see all my stuff and I've got my artwork and uh yeah audio comedy on, on there if anyone's interested
0: nice 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 um yeah thank you so much for going on you'll have to come back and do all of the pink pampers <laughs> uh
1: yeah I don't know about all of them but so and yeah thank TV. you for, for having me <laughs> on it's fun to yeah talk about pink pamper
0: yay thank you and we'll see you next time on why this film bye